0: giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at t-mobile.com slash now.
1: Pushkin. If I were to give you a blindfold,
0: and
1: I line up... Uh, the LC and three of your competitors Mercedes SL uh, I don't know what the Audi A8 who, you know you name them what they whatever they may be. Um, could you and I sit you inside the car Can you tell? can you tell them apart? Do you know which one is the LC if you if you have your uh, if you if I give you a blindfold?
2: Yes
0: I'm confident. I will know LC right away.
1: From Lexus and Pushkin Industries, this is Go and See, I'm Malcolm Gladwell. In the last two episodes, we investigated the sound of the Lexus LC sports car. In this episode, we're heading to the track. And in preparation, we got a briefing from Yasushi Muto, Muto Muto-san, the chief engineer of the LC in his 50s, salt-and-pepper hair, a little bit of an athlete's swagger. It was the day before we went to the track. We were at the main Lexus building in a conference room. Muto-san came early. The Lexus people were always early. Remember Omotenashi, mindful hospitality? These are not people who would dream of inconveniencing their guests. Muto-san spent years working on the LC, obsessing over every detail. So I asked him if he would know whether or not he were sitting in an LC if he were blindfolded. He said, absolutely. And of course he would. Muto-san knows how the car sounds and moves and feels, but that wasn't his point. Wait, so, yeah, explain to me the meaning of the of the drawing on the whiteboard. Halfway through our briefing, Muto-san stood up and drew a simple stick figure of a seated driver on the whiteboard. Both legs extended. He wanted to demonstrate how designing a car at a place like Lexus works. You don't design the car, then fit the driver in it. You do the opposite. You start with the driver. That's
0: the driver. Yeah. From the side. So when we decide on the package, we first decide on a driver's... Position. Mm-hmm. It's the heel point of the axle.
1: So you your hip point, heel point. Muto-san drew a line between the hip point of the stick figure driver and the floor of the car. The heel point, meaning the position of the foot on the pedal. The
0: height by millimeter. Oh, I see the difference the between. Them.
1: In every car, that distance is different. In a big sedan like the Lexus LS, it's 245 millimeters from the driver's hip to the car's floorboards. In an LC, it's 200, so two inches lower, which changes the angle of your hips, a subtle difference which in turn changes the entire geometry of the car and the driver's position. And from there, we went deep, deep into the weeds, until I felt like I too could climb blindfolded into an LC, and know exactly where I was. You may remember from two episodes ago that the origin of the LC came when the head of Toyota, Akio Toyota, went to a product launch at the legendary Concours d'Elegance in Pebble Beach, California. And an auto rider told him, in front of everyone, that Lexus was fine, but boring. Akio Toyota said,
3: never boring, never boring. (laughs) At least one well-respected journalist, you know, was, was doing an interview with Akio-san and mentioned his feeling that the Lexus brand was boring. And that was both a surprise and a shock to Akio-san. And so when he came back, he said to all of these yeah, guys yeah. here, he I don't ever he, want to hear he, that
0: again. Maybe he has a very strong...
1: Step one in the anti-boring campaign was making a sports car that sounds exciting. This episode is about step two a sports car that feels exciting to drive, which is a far more involved process than you might think. Lexus has six test tracks, most of them in Japan. There's one at the main facility in Toyota City, another in the Gulf of Nagoya, One in Fuji, one way up north near Sapporo, where they do winter testing. Then there's one more in Whitman, Arizona, outside Phoenix. A massive track that Lexus shares with Toyota. That's 10 miles around. The biggest test track in the world. You can land a jumbo jet in the middle of it. And every morning the sweepers have to go out and get the rattlesnakes off the tarmac, where they gathered for warmth during the night. But the crown jewel of Lexus test tracks... Ishimoyama, about half an hour up into the hills outside of Toyota City, brand new 1600 acres across two mountaintops eventually there will be 10,000 people working there the whole thing is so hidden away you'd never find it without directions it's not on Google Maps, you can't get in unless you work for Lexus and you can't drive on the track unless you're a certified Lexus driver Lexus, let us in Shimoyama is inspired by the most famous racing course in the world, the Nordschliefer at the Nürburgring in Germany's Rhineland. The Nürburgring is not a flat oval like the Indy 500. It's a road course. 12.9 miles of twists and turns, a thousand feet of elevation changes, dense forest, medieval villages, the Eiffel Mountains. Current lap record is held by a Lamborghini Aventador. Second place, is a Porsche 911 GT2 RS. Race and sports cars are perfected here. Every curve is numbered and mythologized. The Nürburgring Nordschleife is petrol head nirvana. Former course record holder, by the way, the Lexus LFA. A bananas limited edition supercar that Lexus made back in 2011. So Shimoyama is Lexus's answer to the Nordschleife a European-style road course in the hills of southern Japan. It's insanely beautiful. The road cuts through the side of the mountains, surrounded by tall Japanese pines. When we first got there, we stood out on the observation deck of the visitor center, and all you can hear are birds chirping and insects buzzing and a blue sky above until... Sweet Jesus. Is every curve a replica of a curve? Our pre-track briefing came from our guide, Paul Williamson.
3: They're not direct replicas, but but they kind of said, hey, you know, I really like turn 17A, and then they'd go out and measure it and figure out what the grade changed and how the road is cambered, and they'd say, okay, yeah, we can do something like 17A. Mm-hmm. And so so basically they, they took kind of 38 of their favorite spots of the Nürburgring and built them in here uh, along with all these other European-type road surfaces. Um, and you saw some of those undulations as we are driving in. I pointed that out, so you can see there's some, some big areas uh, where, uh, you know, if, if one were careless with speed, you could get airborne. So
1: got- Careless with speed. Classic euphemism. It's what you say when the highway patrol officer pulls you over. Officer, I got careless with speed.
3: So we've got some 15-degree ascents, 12-degree descents, pretty, pretty steep areas.
1: Some of the track is perfectly smooth asphalt. And by the way, I'm not sure why, but Japanese asphalt doesn't look like American asphalt. It looks like a putting green, if that makes any sense.
3: So this country road course that you'll experience today simulates many different kinds of European roads. It has seven unique road surfaces. So some is perfect, smooth, gorgeous Japanese asphalt, or probably closer to German asphalt like an Audubon. But others, and we'll ask Ozaki-san to do some laps for you, where it uses the off lane. And then the off lane will have, you know, little ripple surfaces. It'll have kind of a Belgian block.
1: Osaki-san. He's a Lexus master driver who agreed to take us out on the course. He's driving a Lexus LC500. And in fact, as we're being briefed by Paul, I see Osaki-san down below in the off-ramp area taking three helmets out of the back of a gleaming white LC. I asked paul if osaki-san and his fellow drivers keep a record of the fastest times around the course like they do at the nurberg ring he said no not officially because of course you know they do like a secret list stashed away somewhere we go downstairs to meet osaki-san he's slender light on his feet like an athlete he's a surfer late 40s early 50s although he seemed younger He's what in Lexus is called a Takumi, a master. Only one of two Takumi masters of driving feel in the entire Lexus company. You joined Lexus or or Toyota, what what year?
2: Mm -hmm. 1985. So how long long does it take to be
1: certified as a Takumi driver? How many years? Approximately
2: about 25
1: to 30 years. Oh, wow. Osaki-san's job is to drive prototypes as they're being developed and provide feedback. He's a frequent visitor to the Nürburgring. Typically drives 200 lamps at a visit. Did I I read somewhere that you you, uh, spent two years... Um, arguing about uh, for a change in the angle of the steering wheel? Yes, oh. yes,
2: that's actually, he was involved in that. What, what model <laughs> was that? So we uh, started that discussion from uh, GS, mm-hmm. uh, but then uh, uh, LC was the actual first car that we were able to apply that change in angle. And what
1: was the, <clears throat> how much of a change in angle did you want?
2: 2 degrees. <laughs> 2 degrees,
1: was it hard to convince people? To, to change the angle of the steering wheel?
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, not only with the LC, but changing the steering angles actually also affects the platform of other vehicles too. So, uh, you know, to, to really make any uh, evolution as far as mindset, you know, that, was, that certainly took a lot of determination to change.
1: 25 years to get certified as a Takumi. Two years of arguing to get the engineers back at Toyota City to tilt the LC steering two degrees forward because the proposed steering wheel angle just didn't feel right. Osaki-san is a student of EI, which is one of the Japanese martial arts. At one point, he took out his cell phone and showed us photos of him working with his instructor. EI is the art of drawing a katana sword in a smooth, controlled manner.
2: I-A-I-I, EI, yeah. There you go, Mm. see that? Oh, I see. It's just, just, uh, yeah, it's an art of basically sword. um, um, So yeah, it's a form of art. How long have you been doing this? Six years.
1: Then Osaki-san went into a long soliloquy about how similar the philosophy of Ei was to the philosophy of Lexus. Savagery and elegance, abandon and control. Meanwhile, all I could think about is even though I've been a car nut all my life, I've never driven with a race car driver on a closed course before. I take that back. Once years ago, I did a bunch of slalom runs around traffic cones at the Consumer Reports test track. Consumer Reports, they test minivans. This is the real deal. I'm in full nine-year-old boy mode. Yeah, let's hop in. So this
2: is a, we got a, um,
1: what, what, uh, mod, what model is this? Is it
2: 2019? 2019 year, This yes, 2019.
1: And, and
3: this is a special edition we called Inspiration Edition. So you'll notice when you get inside is a three-color interior. So it's a white, orange, and navy interior. Um, there's only a few extra colors that work well with that combo. Pearl White is one of them. And then uh, the Inspiration Edition in the U.S is also coupled with a limited slip differential and some other performance features. So it's a great handling, great driving, and beautiful style car.
1: So this is, I'm forgetting, is this the one with the, the, uh,
3: this is the LC500? LC500, so this is a gas V8.
1: If you've never driven at full speed around a racetrack before, let me explain a few things. Logically, you would think it's a bit scary. Some of the curves at Shimoyama are hairpins, and there's not a lot of straightaways between them. So asaki song would come screaming out of a curve, hit the gas, the LC bolts forward, you get up sometimes over 100 miles an hour, and then right in front of you, almost immediately, is another curve, which in theory sounds a bit unnerving. Except, first of all, there's a Takumi driver behind the wheel. Cool as a cucumber. In fact, giggling. And secondly, you're in a sports car. I mean, if you were to take an SUV out on the Shimoyama, each of those turns would be terrifying. That's because SUVs sit up high. They have a high center of gravity, as much as three feet in a big SUV. At high speeds, an SUV would pitch violently to one side in a corner like a ship in rough seas. And if you went too fast, it could spin out or even tip over. The center of gravity on a Lexus LC, by contrast, is super low, even by sports car standards planted. On those corners, there was almost no body roll at all. We never felt anything close to being out of control. There's a second, more subtle thing. And for that, we have to leave Shimoyama for a moment. I promise we'll return back to Toyota City and Muto-san's stick figure of a driver. Because the way a car handles also comes down to its center of gravity and our anatomy. <laughs> yeah,
0: From the side... So when we decide on the package, mm-hmm. we first decide on the driver's mm-hmm.
2: position. Mm-hmm. the heel, heel point of the, axle. the
0: point
1: mm-hmm. of So your hip point, your hip heel, heel point. point. To make a car handle perfectly, you want the driver's hips to be as close to the center of gravity as possible, so you feel like the car is turning with you. Like imagine for a moment that you have to carry a 50-pound package on your bicycle you could put it in a basket over the handlebars. But then the bike would be really hard to control because the center of gravity, the bulk of the weight, would be over the front wheel, way ahead of your hips. But if you strapped those weights around your waist, the bike would be much easier to control because now all of that weight would be over the center of the bike. During our briefing with Muto-san, he talked about how hard Lexus worked to bring those two points, hips, and center of gravity as close as possible.
0: This is a 20 millimeter deviation same. almost same
1: point. How unusual is, is that in a, in a sports car?
0: Sometimes with a two-seater 200 to 300 millimeter gap.
1: Oh, wow. They got a 300 millimeter gap down to a 20 millimeter gap. Then I asked Muto-san why they couldn't get that number down to zero. What was stopping you from having the center of gravity and the hip point be absolutely perfect? This is our best solution
0: for that.
1: <laughs> Does it bother you,
0: though? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't say no sleep was lost. Or you didn't wake up in the middle of the night saying, if only it was perfect. <laughs> He's lying, of course. He totally loses sleep over those 20 millimeters. Then there's what happens to your feet. In a typical small car, like a sports car, the engine intrudes into the middle of the passenger cabin, so you have to bring your ankles a little closer together to account for the size of the transmission. Muto-san and his team didn't like that. It didn't feel natural to them. So they pushed the engine just a little bit forward and the front seats a little bit back. They wanted to create more space in the footwell. Muto-san drew the difference for us on the whiteboard. Two legs angled slightly inwards, two legs extending straight. Incorrect. That's incorrect. Yeah, oh, I How subtle is the difference between correct and incorrect on foot position?
0: 20 millimeter to 30 millimeter.
1: Oh, I an see. An inch. Maybe an inch. An inch! Now... Would most of us even notice that smaller difference? Maybe not explicitly, or at first. You wouldn't say to yourself when you sit in an LC, oh, the angles of my legs feel just that much better. But there are 20 or 30 subtle little variables like that. And when you combine them all, then you really can sense that something's different. The point is that as Osaki-san drove around the Shimayama, the way he sat in the car, the way it felt to drive, the way I felt as he careened around corners wasn't an accident. It was a feeling engineered and created by the car's designers. Can we do it up without any of the electronics? It's the end of our test drive. I thought we were going really fast, but Osaki-san says that we had driven at about 60% of our capacity. Because we had four people in the car. Osaki-san, me, the translator, and Jacob with his sound equipment. Now, who wants to drive at 60% capacity? I want to go faster. I want to drift. And to do that, the driver has to turn off all the electronic monitors that are built into modern cars to make them behave like responsible citizens. So I'm asking, can we turn them off? Saki-san
2: says, that's not allowed. Basically, um, it requires a certain permit to actually Uh. drive around in that mode. So, you know, maybe we could try like in specific points, but apparently uh, today we would basically obtain a permit to basically run in, like basically not to overlap the lanes, uh, but in order to do so with everything off, you kind of need to use the full track, uh, full width of the track, to cross over both lanes so that apparently requires a different permit application.
1: He wasn't supposed to leave tire marks. It's a brand new track. Blah, blah, blah. But then we kick Jacob and his fancy recording equipment out of the car. And Osaki-san thinks about it a minute longer. And he says, OK, let's go for it. Because Lexus isn't supposed to be boring. Not anymore. And so I have something to boast about at dinner parties. I record what happens next on my phone. Oh yeah, baby! One of the top 10 moments of my life. Oh wow. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so serious drifting. (laughs) Good enough? Yeah, that's great. That was no, that was fantastic. That was uh, one of the most fun I've had as a passenger in a car, maybe ever. <laughs> Go and see is produced by Jacob Smith with Emily Rostek and Carly Migliori, edited by Julia Barton. Evan Viola composed our theme music. And mixed and mastered our episodes. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Head of Fain, Paul Williamson, the Mark Levinson engineers, and all the Lexus executives, engineers, and designers who participated in our recordings. Go and see is a production of Lexus and Pushkin Industries. I'm Malcolm Glappo.